Hello and welcome to the official podcast of the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. The Australian Parliament passed important law reforms introducing new design and distribution obligations and product intervention powers for ASIC. I'm Louise Tapsell and with me today to talk us through these reforms is Head of ASIC Strategy Group, Greg Kirk. Before we go through these reforms, take us through the lead up, how we got here. Uh, to understand these reforms, you really need to know the existing settings uh, in terms of how the financial services in, in Australia is regulated. That goes back to the Wallace Inquiry, 1997, uh, at a time when there was great faith that the market, as long as we get the market to work properly, it'll deliver the right products and services to the right people. And the, the key tool seen to achieve that was by providing disclosure. So as long as you get disclosure adequate, there doesn't need to be any more intervention. Uh, so that meant there was no obligation on the manufacturers and distributors of products to target them or to decide which, to, to have any real regard to whether their, their products were getting to the right people. It was assumed the market would deliver on that. And again, no power was given to the regulator to address failures of the market because it was assumed disclosure would fix any problem. And you were finding that people weren't necessarily going through these lengthy disclosures. Well, I think we all realise now, and it's not just in financial services, but, but right across modern commercial life, that the disclosure documents are very lengthy, tend to be technical and hard to read, hard to digest and understand, and to, to know what they mean in real life. Uh, and so that's been a real problem for consumers. And, and I think industry and consumers know that most people don't read the terms and conditions most of the time. So how will the design and distribution obligations give consumers that little bit more? The design and distribution obligations put an obligation for the first time on the manufacturers of the product to make sure that it's suitable for some group of customers, that it's of benefit, real benefit to people. Um, and then having done that, to make sure that in their marketing, they target the people that it will benefit and don't sell it more generally or on a scattergun basis or targeting the wrong group of people. So it's making sure that these products are going to a specific market. Yes, and, and avoiding people that they're not they're obviously not suitable for. And a, a simple example there is the problem that we've had with the sale of some consumer credit insurance, a product where the key feature is protection if you become un unemployed. So if you become unemployed during the course of the product, uh, it will cover your loan repayments for you. That was being sold on a widespread basis and far too often to people who were unemployed at the time they got the product. So they would be ineligible for any cover. They were paying for something that could never provide them any benefit. And there's been big remediations associated with that sort of behaviour. Um, intervention eventually by ASIC, but it's after the event uh, and it results in money being repaid to people, whereas the, the new obligations allow are really designed to stop that happening in the first place. You mentioned intervention. Tell us about the product intervention powers for ASIC. Well, the product intervention powers are, are complementary to those design and distribution obligations. They really kick in where, despite either because industry is failing in that design and distribution process or because of other reasons 
consumers are still on too large a scale ending up with the wrong products and consumers are suffering or at risk of suffering real detriment, ASIC can intervene to make changes, to impose changes on industry uh, in the way the product's marketed or sold uh, so that those sorts of, that sort of detriment is reduced. Give us an example of where ASIC might need to intervene. Well, Louise, I can give you an example um, really from, from ASIC's past practice. And it, again, this is at a time when we didn't have these intervention powers, but where we sought to get industry to change practice uh, using moral suasion and through recommendations. Uh, and that relates to term deposits. Uh, a, f a few years back now, there was a significant problem in the term deposit market. Uh, people were being marketed term deposits that had good rates, but those term deposits automatically roll over at the end of the period into a new deposit of the same length. Uh, and that's convenient for consumers, but at the time, uh, the issuers of the deposits, the banks and others, were changing the rates pretty regularly so that there was a high chance that people at that rollover would roll over not into another term deposit with a good rate, but to a term deposit with a very low rate. And, and some of those rates were lower than the rate of inflation, so those people were going backwards. And when we looked at it, we found this was happening in a very high degree of, degree of cases. So I think 47% of cases, people were rolling over at that, that roll, automatic rollover into low rate deposits. That was a real problem for customers. It involved billions of dollars in deposits and reduced interest return to customers in the hundreds of millions. We intervened with recommendations. Again, we didn't have the power, but we made recommendations, eventually convinced industry to make changes pretty much across the board, uh, where they improved disclosure. So they go, rather than the key disclosure being back at the time people got their terms and conditions, at the point of rollover, people were told about this risk in the letter they got at that time. So better timing of that disclosure. And also they were given a grace period so that if they rolled into a low rate deposit, they could change into a different term, get a better rate with no penalty. And that grace period um, was disclosed to them as well. So they knew about it. Um, we saw people using the grace period subsequently at, at a high level and much better outcomes for consumers. So from relatively simple changes we got better outcomes for consumers through that intervention. As I said, 47% were rolling into low-rate deposits at the beginning. By the time we got those changes implemented, only 11% of deposits were rolling over into low rate. So much better outcomes for the vast majority of consumers. And we, we achieved that just through recommendations. If we'd had this power, we could have done it much quickly and we could have made sure that it happened on a universal basis right across industry. So Greg, why are the design and distribution obligations and the product intervention powers, why are these reforms so important for ASIC? We've come through the Royal Commission where there's been a great loss of confidence in the financial services industry. Uh, and I think consumers would be surprised to hear that these sorts of laws didn't exist before. These laws put a focus on whether consumers are getting good outcomes or suffering detriment. It's much more about fairness rather than just focusing on disclosure, as has been the case in the past. And lastly, Greg, when do these reforms come into effect? For the uh, product intervention power, 
that comes into effect immediately. So ASIC will be able to, if we are going forward, we, if we identify situations where we need to intervene, we'll be able to do that. Uh, for the design and distribution obligation, there is a transition period because industry is going to need to make significant changes to comply with that to make sure they're doing all they can to design the appropriate products and to target them appropriately and make sure their employees and distributors are doing that as well. So they've given a two-year transition period. Greg, thanks for taking me through these important law reforms for Australian consumers and ASIC. If you have feedback for us on this podcast, send us a tweet to ASIC Media. We'd love to hear from you.